G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to today's 2020 podcast where we feature the author who's the winner of the 2012 Australian Christian Book of the Year. Remember, you can hear 2020 on the Vision Radio Network from 10 a.m. weekdays, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Well, the 2012 Australian Christian Book of the Year was announced recently as Gumbali of Nakur, Aboriginal elder in Arnhem Land. It was written by Murray Seifert and details the story of Michael Gumbali Wuramara. Gumbali emerged from the Anglican Church as an Indigenous leader and was the first Aborigine in the Northern Territory to be ordained as a priest in the Anglican tradition. He was also appointed a member of the Order of Australia in 2000 for his service to the Church. To tell us more about Gumbali and about why this biography was written, we're joined by the author Murray Seifert. Murray, congratulations on being named the winner of this year's Australian Christian Book of the Year. Oh, thank you for that. Yes, it is quite exciting. And when it comes to the book, it's uh, such a important part of particularly the history of what's happened with the introduction of Christianity uh, into the areas of Groot Island and into Arnhem Land in the Northern Territory. Uh, this has been a major undertaking for you. Yes, one of the exciting things about it, it was that the Roper River mission was begun by six missionaries, three of them were Church Missionary Society people from Victoria, and three of them were Aboriginal people from Yarrabah. Murray, tell me about Gumbali of Nakur, Gumbali Wiramara. He is an outstanding figure in Indigenous history now, and uh, as an ordained minister of the Gospel, holds a very important place. Look, he has... um he was born in 1935, and he's still alive and well in Nooka. Um, he was born in Bickerton Island, which is a tiny little island in the Gulf of Carpentaria near, near Groot Island. And then he moved over, his family moved over to Groot Island. And um, his father, in fact, did a lot of fishing and was one of the people responsible for, for keeping the people of the mission supplied with protein. It's quite an interesting story. He lived in a dormitory there um, for some of the time, but whilst the general view of dormitories is that they separated people from their parents, for Gumbali, the parents lived just next door. So he'd, he'd live in the dormitory, sleep in the dormitory, go to school, and spend a fair bit of the afternoon with his parents. So he always kept his his language up with them. And when I said to him, Gumbly, what did you like most about the dormitory? He says, the food was good food. <laughs> uh, so he, he got his education there. And then when he was mid-teens, he, he and his brother paddled 300 kilometres over to Roper River Mission. And they had a job for him there on the boats. The boats used to travel from one mission to the other. 
And as he grew up, he was taken under the wing of some of the Christians, some of the, the very famous people. Barnabas Roberts and Silas Roberts was was a great friend and mentor of his as well. And um, he became a community leader. So we're now talking about the 1960s. And as he was becoming a community leader, and we've got to remember we're talking now about a community that had about 30 men, adult men, who tended to be the leaders of the, the group. And he moved into that group at the time that the Church Missionary Society passed the control of the mission over to the government. Um, this was because the CMS said to the government, welfare payments are going to have to go direct to Aboriginal people, not to missions. And they knew that in doing this they wouldn't be able to continue with the mission, and the government was pretty slow to take that up. But what happened was that as the government took over, the Aboriginal people had less control. And so there's a very interesting story where the CMS established an all-Aboriginal corporation to run the shop, and Goombly was the chairman of that. And the words of one of the government officials was CMS did the wrong thing. They were preparing the Aboriginal people for running things. They should have been preparing for the government to run things. And so that's the story through a whole lot of that. And, of course, Goombly, as an emerging Christian leader, that uh, was an important time. I think it was 1973 that he was ordained as a yeah, minister of the gospel. Yes, that's right. So he had all this experience as a leader of the community. Most of the key leaders there were pretty key people in the church as well through that time. When we get to 1972, the CMS missionary who was a chaplain went on leave and got sick and couldn't go back. And Mission Society was looking to find another chaplain. And the old ladies of the group said, hey, look, what about our boy Gumbly? He can be our leader. Bishop Mason of the time and Barry Butler and some of the other uh, Europeans running the church up there were smart enough to see that this was the time. And so in 1972, Gumbly was made the lay leader of the church, and then he was ordained in 1973. The interesting thing was that he was only the second Aboriginal person ordained ever. There was a fellow, Patrick Brisbane, from Cape York Peninsula, who was ordained a little bit before him, but sadly, Patrick died not all that long after. So that for most of his life, Gumbly's had no mentor, no senior mentor, Aboriginal Anglican minister. And so he's, he's been very much a case of a person who's led the way. He's always known by people as a very faithful man. He's been a strong leader. He's had to deal with all sorts of complicated issues. And, and so the story tells some of that. 
Murray, um, your story is uh, considered by some to be an uncomfortable read, and I guess that has to do with uh, the relationship between the Aboriginal communities and those early European mission uh, settlers. Uh, is that is that where the points of contention come with the discomfort of sometimes uh, uh, those uh, issues that grew out of uh, of mission in these uh, Indigenous communities? Well, the origins of Roper River Mission are very interesting. That area down the bottom of the Gulf of uh, Carpentaria was in fact a very busy place in the late 19th, early 20th century because people were trying to get cattle across to Western Australia and there was also a gold mining boom at Pine Creek. So a lot of people went through there and... The way the Aboriginal people treated were absolutely shameful. Many, many of them were killed. And so the mission began as a result of one of the bishop, Anglican bishops from up there coming to Melbourne and saying to CMS Victoria, can you come and form a mission that will be a sanctuary for Aboriginal people? And basically it was a safe place. It was where... Aboriginal people came. Some of them were killed trying to get into there. But the Aboriginal people have always known that the mission was there for them. And there are many of them will say, we would not be here today were it not for the mission. So that's meant, by and large, a very positive relationship between the mission and the, the, the missionaries and the, the people of the district. It hasn't always been as smooth as it might have been, but it, um, that's a basic point that, that's always been there. Well, people often ask that question, did missionaries do more good than bad? And you've just answered, uh, in general, uh, they did good because they were a sanctuary for Aboriginal people at a time when their lives were at risk. Murray Seifert is the winner of the Australian Christian Book of the Year with his work Gumbali of Nakur. And Murray, stay with us. I'd like to talk to you some more in just a short while. You're listening to today's podcast from the Vision Radio Network. We're back with Murray Seifert. He's the Australian Christian Author of the Year insofar as he's written his book Gumbali of Nakur. Uh, it's a book all about Gumbali Wiramara, who was an Aboriginal leader in the uh, regions up in the Northern Territory there, round Groot Island, and as Mission was moving into Arnhem Land. Uh, Murray, this is described as a story that had to be told. Is that the case? Oh, very much so. People need to know that here were Aboriginal people trying to, in the 60s and 70s, trying to take control of what they were what their future was being and the government frustrated that um, and Gumbali was right at the very centre of the, the task of trying to bring a real sense of independence there so that when the government took over the mission for instance the head stockman wanted to set up a little farm with cattle on it and the government said no you couldn't do that and so you had a lot of that sort of problem there. Kumbali's own life, a lot of people don't understand how 
a person can be 100% Aboriginal and 100% Christian, and Grumbly is certainly that in, in every way. So he's had to think about what, how you deal with the issues of the dream time and how do you deal with the issues of gospel. For him, he needed to look to a new authority beyond the authority of the elders. And for him, the Bible became the authority. And he wants that for everybody. So that was why the, he was so strongly behind a translation of the Creole Bible. Now, Murray, when it comes to those sorts of issues uh, of staying with Aboriginal culture and adopting a what is a, a, a overriding culture when you talk about Christianity, there is a sense here in which, as Gumbali is described as a magnificent leader, is that magnificence in his ability to balance or to be able to talk about this Christian culture when it comes to relationship with Aboriginal culture? Yes, look, one of the very interesting things he does, when people say how does he deal with the two cultures together, one of his tests is if people are going to engage in a ceremony, is that ceremony challenging the role of God as creator and if it is the Christian need to start to think very seriously about what's going on but it's this central role as God as creator of the universe and God is the ongoing um, the ongoing God of the universe it's a very very interesting um, step that he takes and I think as people learn about what he's had to say, they'll probably see the 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 sense in that. He was able to deal with people who were reluctant to accept the gospel and with people who wanted to hold strongly to both. And the way he pioneered funerals is interesting, where... He would negotiate with the men of the ceremony on how things would happen. And when the events that occur in the church and the funeral are clearly Christian, and he's in, he or the, the minister's in charge of that fully. Um, if other people want to do um, traditional ceremony sort of things that Christians might be reluctant to accept, um, well, that can be done separately, but Gumbali's established this dialogue, and that's a very important step that he's made. He, he was highly respected. Be, I think because he came from Groot, he was a, accepted as a bit of a, as a real authority. Um, it's very interesting. He's a man who speaks four languages fluently, could run a sermon in another four or five and can understand what a a few more languages on top of that. He's a remarkable man. Interestingly, that one of the criticisms of the European missionaries uh, was that they would come in and dictate 
new uh, understandings and beliefs and somehow or other uh, Indigenous people would have to believe that. But when you've got an Indigenous leader of the calibre of Gumbali Wiramara who was able to grasp a hold of the essence of the gospel and to be able to articulate that into his own Indigenous culture, that is really where that magnificence sits, isn't it? Because... Uh, he has been able to traverse the boundaries uh, that uh, that culture creates. Oh, that's right. Look, one of the reasons why this is important, this story is important, is that I think that European Christians who are thinking about Aboriginal things need to listen to the Aboriginal Christians who've dealt with these all their lives. Um, and here's a story, and a man, and there are others as well, who can help them understand what the relationship is between Aboriginal things and Christian things. Too often I see Europeans trying to walk this road by themselves and understand it, but they really need to know that God has given us some very wise Aboriginal Christians and that we need to listen to them. Well, it is a story that is a celebration of the introduction of Christianity to Groot Island and Arnhem Land and uh, areas in the Northern Territory and the emergence of a wonderful uh, Indigenous leader, uh, Gumbali Wiramara. The story is called Gumbali of Nakur. The author is Murray Seifert, and Murray is the winner of the Australian Christian Book of the Year. I'd encourage our listeners to get a hold of that and to delve into uh, the issues and the history and the richness of the heritage that this book will bring. Murray, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Uh, my pleasure. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.